and Brews, Columbus Business First weekly podcast where we enjoy a local craft beer, mostly local craft beer, and talk about some of the news of the week. I am Dan Eaton, and joining me today are Doug Buchanan, Haley Colombo, Carrie Gauche, Tristan Navarro. Awesome. Well, today I ventured out to, uh, I almost said ventured out to Land Grant. That's inaccurate. I went to the store and acquired a Land Grant beer called Moon Racer, which is their newest Pilsner. I've never heard of this beer, so it must be very, very new. I was a little concerned when I walked in the room and I thought it said Moonraker. Do you not like that uh, classic James Bond movie? Well, I mean, you know, we want to keep this uh, G-rated. <laughs> That's the one with Jaws, right? The second one with Jaws. Jaws was in two. He was in oh. uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, and then they he was so popular, they brought him back for Moonraker. Oh, I don't remember that. Comic relief, though. They gave uh, him a girlfriend. It was very weird. Okay. <laughs> Jump the shark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. That was Wait, Roger Moore, right? Yes. Yeah. Not one of uh, not one of the better Bond outings, but it has its charms. If uh, I'm a I'm a Bond fan, and every now and then it's like, you know what? I feel like watching Moonraker. Because there's an actual out of, uh, out in, uh, yeah, there's a scene space. in space. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> the the villain in it wants to um, to uh, destroy the Earth and like recolonize like his own people up into space. Okay, sure. So, yeah. This <laughs> yes. is on top. Racer. No colonizing at all, but it does say blast into orbit, and make a run at the stars with Moon Racer Pilsner. Would we get to say Ryan Heights quote again? <laughs> yes, you do. yes, awesome. yes. If you if you want to, yeah. I did. This is a film familiar, but not out of this world. Bohemian Pilsner blends Southern Hemisphere Green Bullet with Old World German Ariana hops to deliver a cosmically crisp and wildly refreshing lager. Brewers think we can tell, but you guys can. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mark's starting to identify hop varieties. By taste, mm. a, a, a little bit, yeah. I mm. mean, um, you know, Citra kind of stands out uh, pretty clear, clearly if you have it enough. Simcoe is another one that if if you have it enough or know that you're you're uh, uh, drinking it, you know, it kind of leaves a, a memorable uh, impression. There's a few others. Uh, there's a few others out there like that. So but how you got to do comparative drinking? You got to do something. <laughs> yes, right. So you're just not, not drinking a, enough, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will prolong this because it's it's come up on a recent thing. That's one of the things I like about the Columbus Brewing Tap Room because they have, you can sit down and drink similar beers that have a different hop in each one, so you kind of get, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a distinct oh, impression of what the, the hop character brings to to certain beers. Now, how often does a pilsner emphasize what type of hops it's using? Mm-hmm. There's sort of a narrow range of hops because if you make it too hoppy, then it's not really you know you're kind of taking it out of the style, you know, so the, the, the hops, you know, you have like European, uh, style hops to, to sort of emulate the classic German beer, but you don't want to make it. I'm sure some people make them pretty wild, but I would question if they're still necessarily a Pilsner, if you're going to hop it up. Some people do hoppy Pilsners, you know, Hmm. if you want that, that kind of hybrid. So that's out there. That's your jam. Do you think this is a hoppy Pilsner? No. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I don't think it's that, that So hoppy. to me, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It tastes more intense than mm-hmm. the Pilsners I'm used to drinking. No, I do. Well, no, I'd agree with that, actually, having another sip here now that the, the head on my beer has gone down a little bit, that it does got a little bit more bite than you, know, you would typically expect. 
Yet it's not IPA-ish. Mm-mm. No, so this is, if you are if you know Land Grant and their beer lineup, this, this is a new beer of theirs, but it's meant to be sort of the winter version of Pool Party, which is their summer ah. pilsner. Because uh, they don't want to do Pool Party year-round necessarily, but they didn't want to not do a pilsner. So they mm. took their pilsner recipe and tweaked it uh, okay. to create a moon racer here. Uh, so they can offer folks a Pilsner option during the winter months, though not necessarily pool party, which they'll bring back in the spring and summer, I'm sure. Yeah, very nice. The cover is interesting. The cover. The <laughs> the can. They got the bike racer on there going past. Uh, I suppose I will say now that uh, since Marco's on vacation, I will make the obligatory Grateful Dead reference. This <laughs> reminds me of a Jerry Garcia cover, Cats Under the Stars. <laughs> so there you go. Interesting. We I, move on I was thinking Pink Floyd, but yeah. that's what yeah. that was my original one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or the Illuminati. It could be anything. Yeah, it's it reminds me of sort of eighties eighties <laughs> inspired uh, sci fi horror horror mm-hmm. movies. Um, just the color the color scheme. Yes. Which I'm sure you could probably name about a hundred of those. I could name a few that it's making yeah. me think of. Sure. Right. Sure. <laughs> Let's go around the table and get some impressions of this beer. Start with Tristan. Yeah, it's definitely towards it's almost kind of towards the hoppy end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. It's not like you're just biting into a piece of sod, like the way some. <laughs> you know, like, I hate. I, I don't like it in the winter when we just decide that everything needs to taste like grass. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's so that's nice. I like it. <laughs> Carrie, I I can't top that. Me <laughs> likes. You know, it's good. It's uh, um, it's not puckery. That's that's one of my one of my chief wishes mm-hmm. <laughs> is that I not go ick. So yeah, I, I it's crushable. Our crushable. new favorite term. Yes. Yes. That's it's, the right it's term. It's redolent yes. with crushability. <laughs> <laughs> I very much like it as someone who doesn't like super intense beers. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has enough there that mm-hmm. I'm like intrigued and don't feel like I'm drinking bathwater. But not too much that I am feeling very full at the end. Like I could, this is crushable. Yeah, yeah it's crushable. Yeah. You need yeah. the bath water so. to get the sod. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, you know the, I don't know. Our metaphors uh, today. Um, I love, I would be very attracted to buying this because I love the label so much. I just think it's nice. It is very enticing. It's very eye-catching. It's it eye-catching. Is. It's I, 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 I would have picked it up based on the label and then probably thought, oh, Pilsner, it's probably not going to taste right. that unique or anything. And I would have put it back down, but uh, no, this has more flavor than I was expecting. So uh, I like this a lot. I will, uh, I will probably uh, give a uh, six-pack a try. Mm-hmm. And Dan? I would just echo the the sentiments of the group here in that it's I think it's a very uh, nicely drinkable beer. It's got a little bit of a a bite to it that that's uh, you know maybe a little unexpected for the style. Um, mm-hmm. So folks may like that, they may not. I don't uh, I don't actually mind it at all. Uh, so no, I think this is a, I think this was a good choice by me. Good job, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Dan. <laughs> 
Yeah, and if you want to hear more, again, continuing our tradition of promoting other people's mm-hmm. podcasts, uh, they do talk about this beer on the Landgram podcast, apparently, it says on their Instagram feed. Yes, I believe it's called Beers with the Brewers. They do a weekly podcast that is uh, pretty informative about beer, which makes sense because they make it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they pick, a, I believe their setup is they pick a different beer of theirs every week and talk about you know their thought process behind it. I think they talk about the art. You know, We've talked about okay. Landgram before. Now they have pretty distinct uh, art for, uh, for their uh, wide variety of beers. So if you want more info on them, you can tune into their podcast. But after you finish this one, of course. Of course, yes. Yes. Okay. You want to talk about some news? Sure, sure. Let's talk about some news. Westerville is on the verge of getting its second brewery. We reported this earlier in the year, but Galena Brewing in Johnstown Mm -hmm. is relocating to Westerville. And they are on the verge of opening. They don't have the exact date yet. They are literally just waiting on the sign-off on one of their liquor licenses so they can open. But the space is pretty much set up. They expect to be ready to go in the next week or two. It's a situation where they said once they get that license, they'll they'll open. So uh, if you follow Galena Brew out on social media, you'll be able to get the update of when that happens. But we'll have a story. We have a story about who they are, why they moved, some photos of the space, what it looks like, but it should be open in the next week or two. Now, remind me why it's called Galena Brew. So the backstory is the owners of it uh, live in Galena. Okay. And they got the name, you know, their LLC, because they had hoped to open in Galena originally, uh, were unable to. They found a place in Johnstown instead, which they liked because it was small. It was a way for them to sort of dip their toe into business to figure out if they knew what they were doing and if they could do it. Um, and there was no brewery out in Johnstown. So they saw an opportunity out there, opened there about a year ago, um, had uh, intended to come back this way anyway. Right. Uh, so it is just north. It's on a road called Chandler Court, which is just north of Polaris Parkway, right at State Route 3 in Westerville. Okay. And uh, if you know where Giamarco's, where that restaurant is, it's actually on the same street. So it's just, if you go a smidge north of Polaris Parkway, I think it's literally the first light. You make a left, and it's back in a um, sort of industrial small office development. So there's not a big sign out front. Okay. um, um, But their sign is up on the door, so they should be open uh, pretty soon. And they do, they're pretty experimental. They do kind of a wide variety of beers. They have a few core beers. Um, The owner, uh, Walt, talked about how they they sort of pride themselves on always having a stout. He likes stouts. Okay. During the summer, they'll have a stout on tap. Uh, but one of the beers he was talking uh, with me about today is they do a butter beer, a Harry Potter inspired. Butter. Oh, awesome! Yeah, Bring the so kids. It uses real butterscotch. They say that is one of their more popular creations. <laughs> they do it only about only quarterly. It's not on tap all the time because they don't want to overkill it. But, okay, uh, but, but it's on there now. Had, uh, it is. I don't know if it'll be. I actually don't know if it'll be on their initial tap list. Okay. Um, or not, but they do want to do that about quarterly. In the new space, they have more production, so they're able to do more of it. They said it would sell out in about a day or two before. Oh, wow. um, in part, in part because of popularity, but they also had a fairly small system. They've tripled their capacity up to about six barrels from a from a two barrel system. So they'll have, uh, you know, enough of a supply for, you know, probably about a week or so. Do they have to be careful from a trademark perspective of what they call it? You know what? I don't, you know, I mean, I think, I think I've seen butterbeer in a bunch of places. Really? That's what they call it. Oh, is that like salty caramel you can't? Yeah, I, I don't know the I don't know the details, yeah, but I've certainly right. seen the term butterbeer used elsewhere. So I don't know if they're running afoul of trademark 
people or not, but um, we're not. If they're at risk, yeah, I was gonna say, we're not going to get them in trouble here. Hopefully. Uh. <laughs> My other question out yeah. of that description is, yeah. how important is visibility and foot traffic mm-hmm. to the success of a brew pub? Well, I think the success of brew pubs depends on many things, and you can get away with not being as strong in some areas if you're strong in others. So. I think if you're, it, this is certainly the type of place that you're not going to stumble on onto. Like you're going um, you to just, even as, yeah, even as close as, as to Polaris as it is, you have to, to go north and then take another turn. So you have to know what you're looking for. So for a place like this, you know, I think you've really got to build your community. You know, you probably have to do a lot more work than a place like um, a Seven Sun or a Land Grant does where you have just a lot of natural mm-hmm. traffic that's going From by. your description of the location, mm-hmm. it sounds like the one in Powell um, that they just opened their new... Ill-mannered? The, Ill-mannered, yeah. They yeah, moved yeah. out of that little strip. Yeah, that, it, it's kind of similar. Probably even even a l- less traffic than that because oh, wow. okay. even where Ill-mannered was at, it was, a, it was a, a side street off the main drag, but it was one that people would you know, it was sort of a bypass yeah, to get to true. the other yeah. road. And there were, were other businesses there. And there's other, like I said, this is the same road that the Giamarco's restaurant is on. If you go, okay. you know, maybe 100 feet further down the road, you'll find the brewery. So it's not like people aren't making that turn. Okay. Uh, but it's definitely a place that people aren't going to stumble on. Hmm. So that's where, you know, that's where things like the Ale Trail, I think, are, are key for businesses like this. Uh-huh. And they and, and to their benefit, they were on the Ale Trail. They've been on the Ale Trail this year. So folks, you know, maybe have been journeying out to Johnstown to visit them already. So they might yeah. be coming into the market with some fans and, and reputation as it is. You know, and Haley, I believe I saw an Ale Trail book on your desk. Oh, it probably, yeah. I So I got a bunch of stuff from the tourism folks that experienced Columbus when oh. I first started. Essentially, it was just like a bunch of pamphlets and things like that. I so see. so you haven't actually I haven't really, hit the Ale Trail yet. No, I have not looked. Um, but I was, a, I was just thinking like when Dan was talking about that, like, oh, I need to do that because I think that would be a very fun, good way to get to know the it area is. a little yeah, bit. Um, just go out and see some things. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm. It's. I would say it's on the agenda. Yeah, I, I would agree. The, the ale, tail, ale trail is definitely a way to spur you to get out there and see, yes. you know, places. I mean, there's clearly 25 breweries that I would have never gone mm-hmm. to if not for completing yeah. the ale trail. Was that two years ago or one year ago when everybody did it? Uh, two. two. Yeah, two, two years ago. the real popular one. I'm yeah. genuinely <laughs> so surprised, even already, just about how many breweries there are mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I mean, that seems to me to be coming from a different area where I thought there were a lot of, a decent amount of breweries in Indianapolis. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of school, but I definitely think Columbus surpasses it by a fair amount, just even in things that I've heard, mm-hmm. let alone the various places on that L trail that are probably, you know, maybe too small to be like, that we're writing about them all the time. But. Yeah. Well, I think I've written about them all. <laughs> At least once. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I, uh, I've been to, on the current ale trail, I think there's only one. There's two that I haven't, there's two that I haven't physically been to. 
three. I'm going to not count Galena Brewing now that I've actually been to it. Okay. Though I haven't been to the Johnstown one. I haven't been to Dalton Union, which was a winery out in Marysville that added beer a year or two ago. Okay. We've written about that. We've written about Outer Belt as well, which Outer is just Belt, outside yeah. of Lancaster. I still haven't had a chance to go down to their tap room yet. Yeah. Uh, but they opened up over the summer. Okay. Yeah. The thing about it, though, it's interesting. They've differentiated themselves pretty well. You know, there's there's a couple of breweries that do sour beers well. There's a couple that do like dark beers well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple. There's a couple. You know which one to go to if you want to have barbecue with your beer. You know yeah. which one to go to. You know if you're really just looking for something hoppy. Like mm-hmm. uh, you appreciate that about about Columbus that the people have each found a niche and uh, made room for others. Yeah, it's a big, big world of beer out there. If you're interested in beer, um, you, you're not lacking options or the ability to find something that you might like. And again, we've, we've talked in the past that uh, per capita, we're fine. Like we're not yeah. out of the ordinary yeah. uh, as far as, because uh, I mean, that was a big question. I mean, at least a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. especially we were like, oh my gosh, are we getting too many breweries? Mm-hmm. And really there, I mean, right. there has not been a shakeout. Uh, right, which which isn't to say that there won't be closings, because there will be, realistically, as it, with any any kind of industry. But I don't know, you know, they're not failing. At, you know, restaurants fail at a higher rate. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, even if we had several closings, I don't know that that would be indicative of people turning their backs on craft beer. I think that I think it's probably more indicative of individuals, you know, kind of business plans yep. and. And where things are, because it is tougher to stand out. So, and that is that's going to squeeze some people out inevitably. But um, you know, I don't know that there's going to be a massive shift away from craft beer, you know, and local beer. I guess I should say local beer, you know, as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that sure. you know, who who wins and loses within there may shift. But but you know, I don't see us ever going back to you know three breweries like we had seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back when this all started. I do feel it's probably like the most one of, if not the most affordable way to actually feel like you're someone who shops local, right? Like this is a very accessible mm-hmm. way to do that. Um, which right. is if like, you were you know, going to go to the, from the consumer standpoint, if you're going right. to go to the bar anyway, right. you could go to the bar and feel good about supporting your neighbor's right. business yeah. mm-hmm. and try something new. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, this is this has been brought up on this this podcast before, but, you know, there's something to be said for being a community's place. Like people put a real, go into any, you know, whether it's a neighborhood or, or, or town or, you know, some of the folks on the, in the outskirts here, like people like having their place mm-hmm. that they can say that this is my brewery mm-hmm. you know, and this is where I sit and this is the beer I get. And uh, there's a lot of value in there if you know what you're doing from a business standpoint. So acknowledging that I don't get up there much mm-hmm. and don't leave the house much, period. <laughs> but, um, I believe does, this, this has all been covered on the podcast. <laughs> does anywhere, any brewery, distillery, bar in Westerville have the name Temperance, or is that peeing on the grave? No, no. The very first brewery in uh, Westerville, it's been open for a few years, is called Temperance Row. There it's we right, go. right in okay. downtown Westerville. I, do they yeah. do crowlers? They, uh, I don't know if they do crowlers. They definitely do growlers. So, okay. Fittingly enough, they are run by uh, Scott Francis, who is widely considered the godfather of, of Columbus uh, craft brewing. So he 
was the original brewer at Columbus Brewing Company. He was oh, the original wow. brewer at Barley's as well oh, a couple wow. of years later. So okay. he worked at, at Barley's for a long time. And then a few years ago, he and his son left to start Temperance Row. Hmm. And do they have a brew called Carry Nation? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I forget I forget the names. The the the, the beers are are all prohibition. And, and if you order a pub named. burger, does it come with a little axe? I really I gotta get into marketing. Yeah. Yes. There's an opportunity there. Um but but yes, what? Temperance Row. The last time I was at Temperance Row, they actually had a guest mead. Mm. I think yeah, it was a guest mead provider so they okay. were they were offering meads as well hmm. and that was really the first time that I was able to try a couple of different meads I don't know if they're still doing it yeah, it's been mead, a while meads another axe another drink with like good axe based history <laughs> <laughs> so, are there more meaderies than Brothers um, Drake there's, again there's I don't go out Brothers Drake there's Uprising which is over on the Near East side that's opened up in the last huh. year or so I feel like I might be forgetting someone apologies but but hmm. I know of at least those two my friend, another a state house reporter in town, he makes mead oh. in his basement. And I recently tried some of his, and I was a little bit like, you know, when someone is like, hey, come into my basement and pick out something. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want your basement <laughs> thing. But it I don't was, want your bathtub mead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but it was very good. What other news, Daniel? Uh, yes. The, uh, the only other thing I would point to this week is if you are a subscriber you should read my cover story about Mm -hmm. uh, barley growth and the potential for that in Ohio. It's a topic we've written about a couple times before. There's a company that started earlier this year. They've been around for several years, but they've sort of finally gone public with their plans. They're called Origin Malt, and they are building a network of barley farms across the Midwest, a lot of that in Ohio, uh, with the intent to start uh, to malt barley for brewers, to try to give Midwestern brewers, Ohio brewers, a more a, a sizable local access to local grown barley. Up until the last few years, a lot of that comes from uh, overseas. I, I, I talked to folks that say about a third of the barley is imported coming mm. over from England in Europe, and then the the sort of northern plain states, Idaho, that's where a lot of the barley in the U.S. has grown for beer. So, But a lot of folks are backing this venture, and they see a lot of potential for this becoming a big crop for Ohio. Again, it used to be big. Prohibition sort of wiped it out mm-hmm. or, or significantly reduced it. Um, uh, but Origin isn't alone. There's other specialty growers around. We've talked about Rustic Brew Farm in Marysville. Uh, that are supplying local brewers. There's a place in Cleveland called House Malts. So there's more options out there, but um, you know it's all driven by this desire to make your local beer even more local, mm. which um, you know has uh, marketing value, has economic value, probably has political value, given that we're a pretty agricultural state. I think there are people that think that you know if you can really drive home that message that these are truly local grown mm-hmm. um then that uh you know just bolsters the the industry all the more <laughs> but if you're uh, that's subscribers only so you should subscribe all right this is a good story we do other good stories too that aren't always about beer <laughs> what? often about beer <laughs> okay that'll do it for this week's news and brews thank you as always for tuning in Come back next week, and we will have more news and more news for you.